0: The world is a confusing place, filled with all manner of shimmering distractions, that take our conscious mind and our immortal souls and subvert them into the most basal of human emotions. Can any one of us, who considers ourselves a spiritual being, truly look around the carnival at the barkers, performers, and the caged animals, and believe? even momentarily, that any of this is as it should be. My name is Alan Bishop, the alchemist of the Black Forest of Indiana, distiller, historian, occasional tinker, reenactor, and your host of If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Everything. Have you ever noticed, the world isn't quite what it presents itself to be? That something is just a little off kilter, just a little out of focus. Perhaps that movement you caught out of the corner of your eye was more than a shadow, that weight on your shoulder more than fatigue. I have lived my whole life like this, aware, awake, and waiting for the next experience, positive or negative always apprehensive, always analyzing. I believe that spiritual warfare is real. I believe from societal observation that others are becoming acutely aware. I believe that many are being influenced by forces unknown in a negative and spiritually deprived way. I see soft disclosure in every corner of pop culture. Join us as we pull back the curtain, as the veil thins and reach with us. Into the ether to reclaim the truth But If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Hey, what's up guys? It's great to be back with If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything, Season 2. You might have noticed from the show that we absolutely love to collaborate with our friends. Well, it turns out that some of our good friends in the distilled spirits industry just happened to have delved into my second favorite beverage class, coffee. But not just any coffee, barrel-aged coffee, aged exclusively in Kentucky bourbon rickhouses using unique barrels. So when I came across two unique 15-gallon chinkapin oak barrels, to use for the One Piece of the Time Distilling Institute channel on YouTube, I knew that their next stop would be with John Waddell and Corey Welch of Stave and Bean Coffee Company. The first barrel was second filled with apple wood smoked malted corn whiskey for nine months before unique Brazilian beans were aged prior to their roasting. This is the One Piece of the Time Distilling Institute brand. Unique, buttery, and slightly smoky. It just turns out that it pairs great with an episode of Distillers Talk Podcast. See what I did there? That's cross-marketing. The second barrel had to have a little something special for Kim and I and be part of, if you have ghosts, you have everything. So when a close personal friend approached us about making him some homemade blackberry wine, we jumped all over it. We took that blackberry wine and we added it to that 15-gallon barrel. Then we fortified that wine with some white apple brandy to make a fortified blackberry wine, a blackberry port, if you will. Afterwards, that barrel went down to John and Corey of Staven Bean Coffee Company, where they added some amazing Ethiopian Guji beans, giving us a fruit-aroma-filled spiritual experience with our coffee, for if you have ghosts, you have everything. Both of these coffees are exclusive, too thealchemistcabinet.com and staveandbean.com and they'll never be replicated again. Get yours today and enjoy it while you listen to the show. Love y'all. Later. All right, guys, we're back with If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. And uh, tonight we've got Kim in the tiny bedroom studio again, the distiller's wife. And then we also have my good buddy Jimmy Jacks uh, from out in Pennsylvania, another distiller. And uh, we're, we're kind of trying to make this a little bit of a trend this season with If You Have Ghosts, uh, trying to get some more distillery uh, ghost stories or paranormal stories or anything like that. So if you're out there and you're a distiller, and uh, you've got weird things going on out at your distillery or you've got anything paranormal that has in any way influenced you or had an effect on your life, please reach out to us at at gmail.com. Uh, But I want to let Jimmy Jacks kind of tell his background, his story, talk about his distillery. I want him to talk about his products, where he's at, uh, the unique things he's doing. And then he's going to get into, and I talked to Jimmy Jacks on the phone earlier this week, Kim. Okay. Uh, there's some creepy shit going on. As, right. As, distillery that we'll get into okay uh that that in fact um has caused some physical harm oh wow uh that and wow. that, that's the first time we've dealt with something like that with a one-on-one mm-hmm. person on this show yeah
1: absolutely so
0: it's pretty interesting but with all that said jimmy jacks if you would tell us a little bit about yourself brother
1: well i'm i'm from uh Dewey, pa that's where i grew up at i learned how to make some liquor when i was about 14 years old friend of mine. And, um, I got away from it for a little while. Uh, my father-in-law, he, uh, said, come on over here, watch this Moonshiner show, so I come over and watch this, so I can make that stuff. He said, bullshit. So, uh, next weekend I made some mash up, built a still up, got that mash ran off, and called my father-in-law down. When he got there, I had liquor running. So, uh, what where I took it from there is that has the partners or well, they ain't partners anymore. But uh, I had a couple a couple guys I partnered up with to build my first distillery. Um, we got that up and going, it took off like a rocket. And uh, we had some problems with the with the partners and I walked away. <laughs> so another buddy of mine I knew for about twenty seven years. He uh approached me and said, hey, if we get a building, you want to get started again? I said, yeah, absolutely. So um, we took a from and about two years ago. That's when that happened. Uh, we got started back up where I got started back up again on my own. So I'm on my own completely re- rebuilding everything from the start. Uh, so you know, what happened was uh, with, this, with this ghost thing he bought this big building. It used to be a shoe factory up here in Dillsburg, PA. And he has a very, very large collection of Cadillacs. He has probably, I would say, probably forty of them, at least forty of them or more. Real, real old Cadillacs from back in the '30s. So uh, he had this, uh, he had this one Cadillac sitting in a parade, uh, October 2001, and he. Called me and said, Hey, I got to go to Hershey here for another parade. He's got to do it, with another caddy. And you drive this caddy through the parade and put it inside your building because they're calling for rain. So uh, we, I hopped in this Cadillac and uh, Mary and Tracy Van Fleet, you know, some folks I'm doing label with, they said, Can you take us for a sure ride in this Cadillac around the parade? I said, Sure, absolutely. I said, Hop on in. So uh, they got in this car in the back and uh, they said, Hop out and take a picture quick. Well, it was raining and nobody was around. It started raining and nobody was around me. So I took a picture of quick, hop back in the car. And uh, we went around, prayed, came back in, and we put it in my building, which is a shoe factory that was built uh, back in the 40s, I think they said. And uh, this Cadillac was a 1940. I think it was a sedan. It was a pretty big car. It was almost like a, it was almost like a limo in the back. Hell, you could put a king-size bed in the back of the thing. But uh, we put this car, I put this car in the brie, like kind of like a, a separation area uh, that's that's shared between my my part of the distillery and another section of the building, which had two big garage doors. So it's basically a case itself. So what I did is I left the windows down. In this Cadillac just a little bit so it wouldn't start stinking and molding and all that stuff. And then the next morning, I got up, came down, had coffee, and Mary and Tracy came downstairs. Mary said, who's in the front of that car? I, said, I don't know. Nobody else was around. Nobody should have been in the car. She said, who's that. What's that face in that car? I, said, well, I don't know. I have no clue. So, uh, we took and looked at it a little bit. She said, I swear to God, that's, that's, that's a ghost face. So I said, well, okay, well, whatever. So, I sent that off to Jimmy Ricker. And he came. First thing he texted back is, oh, shit. He said, Did you? he said, not only you got one in there, he said, you got two babies and two demons in there looking out that window. I said, no fucking way. So, he circled them all out in front of the mouth for me and showed me where they were. And uh, that that morning, the owner the bill called me. The guy that owns the owns the car. He says, "Hey, can can we leave that can we leave that car in there for a little while? Said, we'll, we'll take it back up later." I said, "Nope, I already backed the car out." I said, "You come get that motherfucker. You take it somewhere else." So he came, and we showed him the picture, and he took that car down to another garage. It's actually right straight across from from the the built, the distillery, uh, not the distillery I'm working out of, but it's basically a bar I'm building. And uh, right now it's sitting in there with a Cadillac, the second Cadillac of the Kennedy, what what do they call that, when Kennedy was shot.
0: Oh, the the motorcade. The the motorcade.
1: The second, the, the car after bar of the Kenny wheels, and this this car is sitting in there with that one. But this thing's worth a ton of money. So that that'll that'll be towards the end of the story. But that very next that day, we I back that out. I put it back. I put it up into another section that I use to ferment it. it's my hot box room. That that because I'm not going to eat, heat 8,000 square feet just to heat you know 2,000 gallons of mash. But I parked it up beside this extra piece of building. And some other friends of mine, they they were down, Altoona. And they said, uh, can we get in the back of that car and take a picture? I said, if you really want to. I said, I don't think it's a good idea, but if you really want to, you can get in there. So they hopped in, I took a picture. And uh, I don't know if I sent you that one or not today. Yeah. I... Like with, with the second one.
0: Uh, I've got the one of. Hold on, let me open my phone here again. I gotta get back to it because we're sharing a phone. I got the one of the van fleets, I believe, uh, with the three three in the back. Or no, that's uh, that's you back here. Isn't
1: it? No, I'm not in it at all. Nope, nope one
0: you're one not. Picture. okay. Gotcha.
1: There's there's two two women and a, a big guy in the back yep. of the one picture. Yep, I got that now one. How did you? Now did you see the? Did you? See and then there's and then there's the one with the Van Fleets in it.
0: Yep, that's the one I'm looking at now too. So and that's the one I think okay. Kim missed. There you go. <clears throat> there? No, I yeah. saw that okay.
1: that looks like an old man to me. Did you, did you did you see the one did you look at the top left of the door window uh, that was open on the ones that was three in the back?
2: Yeah, I saw that. Um the one like the military. Yep, I see that one and then um
1: Yeah, I see that.
2: And then the one that was like very obvious, that looks to me like an old man.
0: Yeah. There's there's Well
1: I'm I'm gonna explain to you who that guy is because we did a little research. Actually Jerry Benson's girlfriend Carrie here up there found out who it was. Oh, okay, um, awesome. So you yeah. almost have to talk. Where she has the article. I told her to send it to me. And I think she might have forgot to send it to me. Yeah. So, basically, so basically, what I did is I backed that car up there to the building, right there. Well, you can see where it's backed up, right behind the car. There, you'll see a little tiny garage door.
3: Oh,
1: mm-hmm. uh, that's my fermentation area. Now that's probably fifty, probably fifty feet from from the other, from where it was parked at overnight. So the next, so that, that, that day I took that picture, that was like two days later when I took that picture. And then I would say, man, well, when did she send out? I can't remember what the date was. I think it was, it was later October when the girl in the, in the back sent me that picture. She said, I'm officially freaked out. She says, I'm, I got, I got this, uh, did you see the ghost in that picture? I said no. Said, she said, look at that window." So I blew the window up. You know, damn it, Dampy it didn't. So it's actually that's actually a German soldier. Okay. Now this car was built back in 1940 during, uh, during World, War, uh, well, World War II. So World War Two. So what we did is I talked to Jimmy Ricker about this, and he said, "Well, tell the owner research." This Cadillac and try to find the background on this Cadillac. So we did, and it came back at this Cadillac was owned by a doctor that owned a hotel down in Washington, DC. So basically what 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 we were gathering is, is, is this doctor might have been hauling, you know, injured people from the war.
3: Yeah. Or right.
1: something in or to the To the hospital, and they were dying in the back of this car.
2: That makes sense.
1: So, uh, so, uh yeah, it's freaking, it's crazy as shit.
0: It's all, it's also so, uh, not a, not a stretch in my mind, Jimmy Jacks. I, and I don't know, I don't know who this doctor was, etc. But I, I will say this: he's in Washington D.C. He's a doctor, right? He's probably kind of the elite of society. There's a lot of weird shit that was going on the hell, in the 1940s, etc you know right. who who knows what he was into on top of it
2: right
1: right right so what happened next that was okay now back in December 14th i was working on my i was working on my insulated room there cuz i was getting it ready to do the do my fermentation in there which is ready now but it ain't, wasn't for you know till so December 14th um the owner of the building, I was up there working on that room, the one where the ladder's standing against the wall. I was working on that room and the owner of the building called me and said, hey, what are you doing, buddy? So instead of getting on the phone and wasting 30 minutes talking to this guy, trying to explain to him what I was doing, I just stepped back, took a picture, sent it to him, put my phone in my pocket, went and grabbed a piece of insulation, which is standing to the right. Of the ladder, y'all know if you can see it leaning up against there. And I grabbed that, I grabbed that insulation, and stepped back, and started going up the ladder. And I got to the fourth step. And I got to the fourth step. If you ever had a ladder kick out from you, it always goes out from underneath you. Yep. Right. My, yeah. ladder, my ladder jumped.
3: Huh.
1: It jumped. Okay. Wow. It right. Jumped, I I jumped off to the left and tried to get the hell away from because you don't last thing you want to do is is if a ladder kicks, you don't want to get twisted up in that ladder.
0: Right. I don't want to be on a <laughs> fucking ladder that's jumping anyway.
1: No doubt.
0: <laughs> right. Right. So when I
1: jumped there's an extension cord laying down by the left of the ladder. If you swap some of pictures, you could tell the ladder was footed and it was planted, it had plenty of angle. There's no way this thing could have went anywhere. Hmm. So uh Oh yeah. I, when I jumped from my body twisting as I was jumping, I landed on an extension cord and my ankle twisted, when my ankle twisted, my foot stayed planted and my body turned completely around. Mm. So when I when you I You are
2: carrying uh, some momentum.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. So when I when I hit the ground I spun the whole way around and I, I didn't know that I broke my leg.
2: Oh
3: gosh. At the
1: time, and, and I looked, when I looked down, my toes were my toes on my left leg were pointing backwards. Oh, God.
3: Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I drug myself, I drug myself out of that little door behind that car in that second picture where you see that little door. That door was open by luck. I never would have got out of the damn building. But I drug myself out to, to get, get some, get a, get some help. And my, I couldn't lay there. It didn't hurt but I couldn't lay there and get comfortable because my foot was backwards.
2: Right.
3: So
1: I kind, of, I kind of witched myself back in that door and slammed my leg against the side of the building or my foot against the side of the building, and I turned it completely sideways. Mm. So then, then I was able to relax a little bit.
0: Thank, thank you so, for uh, not sending those pictures.
2: Yes, thank <laughs> you for that.
1: Oh, I could send you pictures. I was, man, oh. you know, It didn't, honest to God, it didn't hurt till the next day. Well, I guarantee.
0: Well, yeah, the not alone. Listen, you said the ladder jumped, and I'm gonna ask you about that in just a second. But I can tell you right now, all right, I've I've done been in, in a haunt in a couple of haunted houses, one in particular, and I can tell you that even if I'd fallen off that ladder and broken my leg, if I felt a fucking ladder jump, I'd have been right. I'd have, I don't know how to done it. I'd have one foot hopped it out of that damn place so damn fast, <laughs> it wouldn't have been right. funny. That's I'd be like, I'll worry about this leg shit later. <laughs>
1: right, right, right. I didn't even think about it that time. All I did was when I landed, I looked, when I lay, looked down and see my foot was backwards, like, oh, fuck, I'm screwed.
3: Right? Yeah.
1: yeah. So, so
2: let, let me ask you I this. I can't even, I can't even fathom, like, being able to think to drag yourself out of there, because, like, I, I used to work at Home Depot, and I was working in what they call RTVs or claims, and I was coming down off of a ladder, and I missed the last two rungs of that ladder, and I hyper extended yeah. my knee and tore my ACL, and it hurt so bad that when I hit the ground, I couldn't even catch my breath to holler at the person next to me and say, "I fucked something up. I need
0: help." <laughs>
1: right, 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 right. Yeah, I've seen that quite a few times,
0: just missing, missing steps. And just um, to just to just to be clear to the audience, real quick here too, Jimmy Jack. So Kim and I are looking at these yeah. pictures. And we'll use some of these pictures for the podcast right. as well, because we're seeing a lot of the same things in the pictures. But I want to clarify for the audience, so b- th- those that are listening, when you say this ladder jumped, it obviously it didn't slide out from underneath you like how they would normally fall. It, it didn't, didn't fall till forward door. from the wall. Right. It didn't. You know, <laughs> the wall solid. It didn't go it, through the wall. Right. It, it literally it came jumped.
1: up off the ground. It came off the ground. Wow. And
2: and the totally the, the the ladder in the pictures is completely stable. Like that it yeah, sh- shouldn't have went anywhere. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And no. and and to to be clear too, one other thing I wanted to touch on real quick. So you mentioned the JFK motorcade. I don't know if Kim caught that part or not. I did. So yeah, that that was the car directly behind JFK.
2: Oh, no, I missed no, that no, part. No, yeah. Not,
0: not, the, not the car. That not the car in the picture, but time. the uh-huh.
1: yeah. Hmm. but but that car is now parked with the car that was behind the motorcade.
3: Huh.
0: Right. So Interesting. if there's okay. if there's energy with that car, oh yeah. I mean even energy. just
2: even just the fear of that moment in right. time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. there's yeah. All right, sorry Jimmy Jack, go gets, ahead. It gets
1: better, yet. It gets better yet. <laughs> so well, that's when I called Alan about it. That's when I called you last week about it. I'll tell you about that in a little bit. So <clears throat> so once I broke my leg and 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 got to the hospital and got it all fixed up, I and Jimmy Ricker was supposed to pump some cameras up with this thing and, and try to try to get it back in the car and all this stuff. So basically what he was saying is when I pulled that car in there and left them windows out, that that demon or ghost or whatever it was got out of that car and was roaming that building. Okay, and didn't get back in the car before I moved it outside mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. so
1: when I moved when I moved it outside and parked it up above and called the owner of the you know, told the owner of the of the car to get it out of there, he came and got it and moved that car and that demon or ghost or whatever it was did not get back in that car in time so. The, when I broke my leg and took that picture, Jimmy Ricker said, do you see that demon in that car? Or the the, the, the demon or ghost or whatever he called it on the wall? And I said, no. He, so he sent me a picture back with a circle. And then a couple of days later, he says, do you notice the, the, the jawline of the first picture you took in, uh, in the window of the first car that had the two babies and the two demons in it? He said, do you notice the jawline from that picture to that picture, two months later, the jawline matched. So I looked at him like, "Son of a bitch, it does." So it's the same, same two, same two ghosts. Okay. So uh, we left left to go with that for a little while. But when when was it? February. I st- I was still working on my crutches or still in my boot from surgery. So I had to have plates and screws. And all that happy horse shit put in my bedroom. You're a bionic. So, <laughs> you. so, I mean, when you're a business owner, you gotta—you you, you can't think about that stuff. You gotta keep working. Yeah, yeah the whiskey absolutely. will make itself. Right, right, right. So, uh, where was that? February oh, and
2: I, have working, yeah. still working with the broken leg.
1: So, so in February, I was building building the bar for my, my farmer's market location. I, I was back building the bar and I had a buddy coming to help me out in the, that morning air doing some of the heavier lifting. He, I got there obviously a couple hours before him and didn't set around, I just started working. I set my Bose speaker, my phone up on my, chops, my chop saw table. I had to walk out front for a little bit. Now you're talking maybe a hundred feet away and my speaker volume started going up and down. I'm like, what the hell's going on? I, I know I charged everything. I got I got what I was, went out to get. I can't remember what I went out for, but I came back and my and my volume indicator on my screen was going up and down and my speaker was going up and down and my and my screen was and my screen was black. And and I said, all right, now, motherfucker, knock your shit off. <laughs> the shut off. The phone shut off and died, and the speaker died, both simultaneously. Oh, wow. So I'm like, so fuck this. I grabbed my phone quick and buzzed, buzzed my ass out of the building until uh, till daylight, and then my buddy got there, and I told him all about this shit. He's like, man, my hair's standing up on my neck.
2: Right.
0: Absolutely.
1: So I'm like, okay, so this is this is really fucking weird and uh, nothing happened for another it was about another month at least another month so upstairs there's a place that, that teaches it's called the factory they teach uh jiu-jitsu wrestling and stuff like that and they had a girl working inside the door there and at the other end of the building, about 80 feet away at the other end of the building there's like a sliding barn door uh, it runs on rollers and She's sitting there, and she's she come running out. She said, "Jim," she said, did, "did you hear that slam?" I said, "No, I didn't hear the slam." She goes, "She said I'm sitting there, and the door just came open real, real slow, and it slammed shut."
3: Hmm.
1: And I I didn't say nothing to her. I said, "Oh," I said, "must be the ghost fucking around again." And she called her boss and quit on the spot. She said, "I ain't come back in this building ever." <laughs> <laughs> that was last she quit. She literally quit. I mean, it was crazy. Girl. Hey,
0: I, I, and I'm <laughs> presuming that she she had to know some of the stuff about you too, and then she, right. she just cut so her losses.
1: It, it, the, the crazy thing is, is, she never even knew what was going on with me. Really? She huh. never. That was the crazy part. She came out, and I just, you know, I I try not to tell anybody in the building, and get them all freaked the fuck out. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I'm wondering if she maybe had some other stuff happen too.
2: Probably, very likely, because I, I mean, sliding barn doors like that, wind will make them slam. Like.
0: Right, but she yeah, she would yeah she would know that she and, would yeah.
2: right yeah, yeah. so but she.
1: This is, this is inside the building, though. There is no yeah, wind. There's nothing. Okay. Nothing okay. Nothing affect it. It's the, Sliding door; it opens and separates two areas. That's all it does. Okay. But wow. um, uh, so did nothing, nothing from that time up until when? When did I call you? This week or last week, Alan?
0: Uh, it was this, 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 this. Yeah, this past week. Well, right I can't on the right the Yeah, house. two weeks ago. Whatever. <laughs>
1: right. This past week. So now I'm I'm working on framing up my bar at this new place and I pull in I always get there about 5 o'clock in the morning I pull in and uh, I'm sitting there having a cigarette before I go inside and the, the building that is across the street or the garage across is across the street is where this car is and this Kennedy car is
3: uh-huh.
1: and for some stupid reason I looked over the fucking door lifted up 8 inches and then went right back down Huh. And I was like, you know what, fuck, fuck, screw you. I ain't, ain't bothering with Jimmy Rick or calling Alan Bishop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and this is I'm, a, I'm locked, be, garage a, a yeah. locked garage door, by the way. A locked garage
2: door and raised eight inches and then went right back down. Yeah. Somebody wanted to come yeah. outside.
1: I yeah. Well, as long as he's on that side of the street, he's good.
2: Right, he's right.
1: Good. But uh, so, so it's yeah, interesting because
0: there's, go, go ahead, Jimmy Jack, sorry. How about it, How about uh, it. It's it's interesting because when he called me and told me this story, like the first place my brain went before, like I get in, Christine. got to try it. Yes, <laughs> not, 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 the, not the movie, the book, because right. in the book, Christine, it's not the car. It's a it's, demon it's attached a, to the it's car. It's a demon uh, or, or the ghost that has become a demon of the previous owner of the car, mm-hmm. who was flat out evil and let his, his kid choke to death in the backseat and right. all that crazy stuff, right? right? So something very much right. attached to this car. Well, and then you you think about even the most recent thing, right? That door is locked from the inside, okay? Right. So something right. on
2: the right. inside had to but unlock it.
0: Here's where the Kennedy car, to me, comes into mind. This thing's feeding off energy. Jimmy Jacks is high energy, right? And, yep. and the Van Fleets are high energy. And mm-hmm. you have the jujitsu place upstairs, all that stuff, right? Yep. Now it's over there with the Kennedy car. There's all that negative energy there that it's right. also able to feed off of. It's becoming more and more physical, but I do think that it's attached to the car, and even though I agree with Jimmy, I think whatever this is, ghost or demon, it got out of the car, which right. couldn't get back in or chose not to go back in, but I suspect that there's a certain proximity
2: that it has to be that to has the has car to, be
0: to the car to have right. any effect. Right. So, right.
1: so I, did, I did leave out one detail that I forgot about. August, this past August, I had Jerry Benson... Kira and Amanda up for the big we we're doing a, doing a big steam show. and Jerry Jerry said, I want to go to see your distillery. So we went over and I was telling them about this and they're like, oh Jesus I mean literally Jerry Jerry was ready to get the hell out of there. Um, but uh, Kira started taking pictures of different things in there as she found two silhouettes, two silhouettes. They weren't they weren't faces. they were just like almost like a shadow.
2: Like a
1: shadow like person, yeah. Right, and she took pictures of that. And she said, "Man, I gotta start." That's when she started, started looking this thing up, and she she uh, found an article of a doctor that owned a that a, of a doctor that owned a hotel in Washington D.C. And I told her send me that article because i put that with you know put that with everything else that we found on that car. But uh, yeah, we 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 hightailed it out of there at that time too. Gary was getting a little <laughs> ants I guess I'm out of here, and I think you're <laughs> starting to get bothered by it too. Well, but, and and but,
2: uh, things like that also tend to, if they freak you out once, they will try yeah. to do it again because they're creating the energy that yeah, they need to manifest. Feed
0: off of it, yeah. Right, well, and, right, and it, right here's where my brain goes to. So, and and obviously, Kim, you know, you're you're a big part of the show. You're the co-host, and and you're into what you're into and I'm into what I'm into, spirituality and all that stuff. So my general take is typically ghosts, they don't really, that's not really their thing. They it's don't really not manifest that they way. They
2: can, like they can move things and they can manipulate things and they can touch you, but it takes a lot of energy for them to actually create right. enough energy right. to hurt someone.
0: Yeah. Hey guys, if you've been following my career at all, or following the If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything podcast, you've probably also heard about my other shows, Distillers Talk, as well as the One Piece of the Time Distilling Institute. One thing you may not be aware of, however, is that we actually have a separate website called TheAlchemistCabinet.com and the really cool thing about TheAlchemistCabinet.com is we have our very own store there. It's called The Warehouse One and you can go there right now and pick up all your Christmas gifts, or if it's after the New Year's, or even before, if you're at all into, if you have ghosts, or you're into the art of distillation, you can go to the Warehouse One right now and buy various different, if you have ghosts, you have everything, and uh, one piece at a time, Distilling Institute, apparel, and or merchandise. Things such as shirts, and hats, and stickers, and my book, The Alchemist's Cabinet Philosophy, Volume 1, or the two DVDs we're currently offering. A Short History of Distilling in Indiana's Black Forest as delivered in a speech to uh, the Salem Depot and or the Alan Bishop Experience documentary directed and produced by Bo Cumberland and Jolie Kasperzak. There's all kinds of cool stuff over there. I even occasionally have some extra distillation slash homebrewing related materials such as staves or yeast or unique grains that I offer over there. There's going to be all kinds of new stuff coming up. Kim and I are actually working on an oracle deck specifically for if you have ghosts, you have everything and our spiritual work with this podcast and personally that'll be up before too long. So please go over to thealchemistcabinet.com and place an order. All that money. Obviously, goes back into this show as well as into the One Piece of the Time Distilling Institute, and it helps our family out. This is one of the ways that we pay for our bills and also pay for our hobbies, such as all the software we use for this podcast, etc. We really appreciate your support. We love you guys, and we'll catch you soon. Well, and coming from right. a. a, a let's say pseudo christian gnostic islamic mysticism sort of perspective my brain immediately does this so i have no doubt that there's there's some amount of human energy involved in this from whatever afterlife that you want to ascribe it to one way or the other but i think that it's more than just whatever trauma is associated with this doctor and this car and whether or not there were patients in it and again my brain goes about a million miles an hour when I start hearing things like Dr. Washington, D.C., 1940. Right. I you Well, know,
2: Washington, D.C., as those of us...
0: There's a lot of occult cult.
2: There's a lot of occult. There's a lot of stuff. occult, a lot of occult um, uh, signs and um, geography and the way the city is laid out. It Like, the whole freaking city is a spell. So here's
0: <laughs> here's where, where I'm headed with this right? Yeah. So where I'm headed with it is, again, I do think that there's a a quote-unquote human element here, but I think that some of the other things that are happening, like what happened with the ladder, what happened with the garage door, etc., I would suspect that there's probably some stuff associated with whoever this doctor was or someone who was around him. He could have even been somebody doing something to him one way or the other, but I I think that there is some, uh, I wouldn't even say poltergeist, but I suspect probably some Whether you want to call it a demon or a gem. Some sort of
2: inhuman not ever being part of the living. Right. Um, Right, right. And then there's also the synchronicity of this doctor being from D.C. and all that is associated with D.C., and then you've got the Kennedy car that just miraculously shows up in the <laughs> same fucking place. <laughs> Sorry, are we going to have to bleep that?
0: No, it, no, no, no. We're not bleeping nothing on this show. It's, um, it's, it's set for adults. But
2: in the same place as this car that belonged to this doctor from D.C., and everything right. that is associated with the Kennedy assassination yeah. and, and all of that.
0: Fairly for TN and high strangeness It's, as it's, far it's as a, a
2: massive synchronicity. As far as, yeah. My ear's ringing. My cards are calling.
0: <laughs> yeah. right. 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 And so, I, I
1: mean, that's what Jim said. He said, you know, when you moved that car out, he said, you were the last one that drove that car mm-hmm. that when it was in the car with me or mm-hmm. with us. He said, "You're the last one that drove that car. You're the last one that remembers driving that car," and he was out of it. Yep. He was out of that car in the building when the owner took the car down and put it with the Kennedy car. So, yeah, what he said is is this just 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 demons pissed off at me because it can't get back into his car, and that's why he's fucking around there in the building. Yep. So, you know, said, so "What Jimmy wanted to do is set up a bunch of cameras." and then have bill bring the car back back it back up to where it was outside and then i was to bring the car back in get out and go to hell home and they were gonna stay there with it
2: right so my next question with everything is now you said that the building used to be a shoe factory right
1: yeah yeah
2: so did you notice any other like even little things that something might be in the building, just you know because in old factories there's a lot of deaths and a lot of injuries and a lot of trauma
3: right right Right, you know these
0: things could be getting kind of competitive with one another as well well. or
2: the more powerful entity could be feeding off of the less powerful entities
1: right yeah nothing that i have nothing there was nothing that happened in that building nothing that happened that building previously you know a year before for the whole year i was in there but you know nobody's really said anything other other the businesses other than that girl quitting nobody else has said anything other other than what's happened to me Mm -hmm. and and when jerry and kira and amanda were there that was pretty much pretty much it
0: so here here's where my And this is where kim's gonna come in handy because she's gonna give me a face when i when i when i say what i'm about to say and i suggest a few things um and before i suggest a few things
2: do you want me to go get my cards no 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 you
0: don't <laughs> need to get your cards it's okay uh but so you know always trying to to, to see what what's happening i don't know if anybody has ever uh, with this car in the past obviously had other experiences or anything or you know my because i'm curious what i what i would do before i even tried to do anything to this thing is see if there's a physical manifestation like sort of like the idea of like cry baby bridge or something right with right. some baby powder or something put it down to see if you get handprints, right. see if you get footprints that sort of thing right But right. you've already seen physical representations of what this thing can do now right. on the right. ghost the ghost part of it and even on the darker side of it i wouldn't offer this as a a gift but as a curiosity right give it something to give it an incentive to get back into the car and it could be something as simple as as a human curiosity like even a rubik's cube that's all mixed up right put it in the car give it an incentive to get in the car then once it's in the car then you start using your various Charms mm-hmm. in order to keep it there. So one of the things in Appalachian folklore, we have it here at the house. Uh, over mm-hmm. top the door is we hung a, a corn cob because the spirits have to count all the of the holders, spaces yeah. where the corn was at before they can leave, or put salt down around the car every well, time it's green. I mean,
2: what, what? Where my brain went is I'm, I'm thinking I mean, I'm
0: thinking Ghostbusters.
2: The car well, yeah, is the trap. The car is the trap. <laughs> but you have to. You have to clear your building first.
1: Yes. Because yeah. Because they're going to run
2: and hide. Yeah. So.
1: Right. That's what Jimmy Ricker was saying. Bring, bring, when he comes up, bring the car back. And he was going to set up all kinds of meters and cameras because he wants to catch this son of a bitch. <laughs> so,
2: my suggestion you know. then at that point would be if he has a spirit box, um, put the spirit box on the hood of the car. So, uh, do you know on the, on the, table alan okay sorry he was asking me where a cigarette lighter was um so a spirit box i don't know if you've heard of them or know what they are but it's okay. like it's a box it's a basically a radio transmitter thing and it cycles through all the frequencies and so it sounds like white right. noise shifting and right. the theory is that entities can manipulate that energy and speak through it, and you'll get sometimes one word, two words, sometimes full sentences. Um, you can get single voices, you can get multiple voices, etc. But the it's not like as it cycles through, you don't hear like the radio stations playing. All you hear is the white noise, and at different right. frequencies. Okay, so it's not right. like they're it's not like it's pulling just words out of a radio station. Um, So if he has something like that, I would suggest like sitting it on the hood of the car and then putting a camera on it, ask questions, record that. Um, But as for your building, my first suggestion on that would be you need to clear it somehow. Um, And the key with most things is you've got to be meaner than they are. I mean, if it was a right. if it was a simple human entity, and you could prove that it was a human entity, a lot of times you can reason with them. This is my space. Right. Um,
1: well, that's pretty much if you can coexist
2: doing. peacefully and not harm someone, you can right. stay, and I will leave you things. Right. But if you're going to harm people, be mean, scare people, over and above just playing a prank
0: right then you need well, to leave and let's let's make no mistake right. about this this is this is clearly to me much more than a just a human entity right like, like i said i don't think that's gonna work i think you're gonna it's gonna be you're gonna have to go at this thing full on smudging and full on belief in yourself 100 oh, yeah. percent. this thing doesn't have a choice but leave right. if it doesn't leave it's absolute destruction one way or the shape right. or form or the other this thing's already hurt somebody right.
2: absolutely so,
0: it does there's there's no choice. It has to be it has to be handled with you know to some degree of spiritual violence right. um to right. get it to go back where it needs to go. Right.
2: Absolutely. I agree with right. that. Now, as far as smoke cleansing goes, you have to be careful with what herbs you smoke cleanse with because some of them <laughs> Some of them in popular culture have been made, lead you to believe that you're closing doorways when in fact you're actually opening them. Sage is one of those. There's a difference between sage and sage brush. Sage brush you can exercise and purify with. White sage, which is what you can go to like freaking Barnes and Noble and buy. Um, number one is protected. Number two, controversial. We'll leave it at that. But it's... Um, It opens doorways. It calls things in. It opens doorways for ancestor and creator to come to you and tell you what you need. Um, Right. So you want
1: down here, spend the night with it, and I'll stay at my house, and you guys can just have a little. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, well, see.
2: I don't want to bring anything (laughs) home with me.
1: (laughs) Right away, excuses.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Listen, you teach that ghost how to drive that car while I'm the passenger, and I'll bring the car home with me. <laughs> yeah, I, right on. I'll have a self-driving car. It'll be fine. <laughs>
2: you're gonna build a Faraday cage out of the train tracks, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, right. That, that's what I would say, Jimmy Jacks. Uh, and I think that most, I, I won't, I, I wouldn't even approach this from any particular like point of view spiritually. Whatever you believe in, man. If you if you're a Christian, right. you believe in Jesus. And, invoke and, the and, name
2: of Jesus invoke God and I mean go at it like yes right. we are we are well, see, colorful I, I colorful never, spiritual people but we we do recognize God and Jesus in our practice and we do invoke them where we need to <laughs>
1: absolutely absolutely yeah, I yeah. never I never believed these ghosts and all this stuff ever ever I mean never and this shit happened now i'm like fuck <laughs>
0: you, right you know it's it, it's 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 strange too jimmy jacks because like uh you know i i, I presume you you probably grew up at, at least a, you know somewhat christian right or at least around it right
1: I, we we never really went to church gotcha um, when, we, when i was growing up i mean we never i mean my grandparents were like into that yeah you know, uh, I mean, I, I was, I was, I, I, I hate to say it, but I actually got kicked out of the church. My grandparents took me there, but
0: uh, <laughs> I, I, was, I understand.
2: Hellraiser from I, day I, one, right?
1: <laughs> that was the last time I was back.
0: But you know, uh, from a cultural standpoint, so you, you, you were always around it, right? And I'm sure that you, you, everybody, even even the the most hardcore, and I, I'm sure I'll get hate mail for this. I don't care. I think even the most hardcore atheist probably at least has some idea, maybe not a belief, but they have an idea about something. But with, with the Christian culture sure. thing, it's always been interesting to me because a lot of a lot of the Christians I grew up with, they don't believe in ghosts. They don't believe in any of that stuff. And I always have to think to myself, you know, that if you can believe in in God and you can believe in Jesus and you can believe in the resurrection and you can believe in the demons and the angels, man, there's room for all kinds of other stuff in there too, you know, and and uh the the older i get the more that i'm finding jimmy jackson this is something i would have never said even just a couple years ago uh one thing that i i do agree with christianity on uh mainstream christianity even is that every single answer to everything is in the bible you might have to find some uh auxiliary texts that were left out of the bible to fill in the blanks but there's answers to all those things in the bible so it's always it's always strange to me like you know, I'm I'm glad you didn't say outright, you know, yeah, I grew up a Christian. I grew up in a Christian church and all that stuff. And then say that you didn't believe in ghosts or demons cuz I'd be like, "What what right. the hell? <laughs> what right. are you talking about?" Well, and right. what
2: I was always met with with the people that I hung out with mm-hmm. that were devout Christians like devout Christians was that the dead know nothing. And I'm I'm like, "I can't I can't go there like yeah. I can't think that the people that I love that are gone are walking through me. Just I can't walking with me.
0: Yeah, and I just can't see them. That in new heaven and new earth, that they don't, they wouldn't know who you are and all that stuff because everybody's enjoying and happy. And we we don't even have to go down that rabbit hole. But here's here's what I think we should do, Kim. There's a couple things. Uh, I'm going to make I'm going to make another couple suggestions here and my suggestions are all going to be with what you do once you get it back to the car cuz I think this thing is already making its way back to the car. Right. I just think it's not getting in the car and I think it can get in the car okay. if it wants to.
1: It's so, got a long way to go to get back to the car. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's miles. It's miles away.
0: Right. Oh, so wow. yeah, get getting that get that car there somewhere uh you know somewhere within proximity in my opinion I think it's like you said I think it's pissed I think that it wants back in the car it'll go back in the car if if it has the opportunity Mm -hmm. I think you also entice it back into the car and do it with a couple things like I said throw something in there like a Rubik's Cube or something like that throw this is still my favorite to this day Throw a shot of whiskey in there. Oh yeah, it's not gonna pass well, up on a shot of whiskey. Throw a little so, tobacco in yeah, there. Yeah,
2: that's what I was gonna say you because know, 1940s, a doctor, almost everybody in the 1940s, freaking smoked. Once correct. it's
0: back in that car, and that car gets into wherever it's going, and I get it far away from you, Jimmy, because it clearly don't like you, brother. <laughs> right. Once, once it gets where it's going, I I do the corn cob trick, and I, every time that car was parked and the door was shut, I whoever has that car. They need to take some salt and put a circle of salt around that car.
2: Make sure it's parked on top of a solid surface, not like on grass, because salt will kill whatever you
0: want. Yeah, yeah, like. yeah. You want it on concrete, whatever. Right. And I, but but you need to get it trapped and stuck to that car. Well, and Until then, you can get, until whoever owns it, whatever, can find somebody on a spiritual level that's close to you that can actually handle this thing and oh, yeah. send it back to wherever it needs right. to go to. But it, you know... Right. If it has a chance, you won't be the last one. There'll be others. And right. dude, for oh. your, your sake, you got to get it out of your building one way or the other.
2: So as far as your building, like I said, the smoke cleansing, it's very easy. You can rosemary, cedar, pine. Any of those types of things will drive things out, but you have to be very forceful in your wording. You are not welcome here if you're going to harm myself or my employees.
0: And I'm sure Kim, you could you, right. you and I could probably work on something, write up something, and Jimmy mm-hmm. could apply it to his oh, own yeah. situation. And the other thing I think, right. Jimmy, if if you're interested, uh, Kim probably could sit down and do a little, a little tarot reading at yeah. some point this this weekend. Absolutely. And, and give you some ideas of what's actually up.
2: Yeah. I would be more than happy to do that. Right. Um,
1: yeah, it's, inter- it's interesting stuff, I'll tell you.
2: Right? Yeah, I don't I don't <laughs> want
0: anything that can physically be manifesting and 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 hurting me in a in a dis- in any environment, but definitely not a distillery yeah. environment, man. <laughs> you know. <laughs>
2: All right. it takes is one ill-placed cigarette but that's still got a spark in it.
0: Right.
1: Poof. Right. Right. Um yeah, goodbye.
2: and then another want. thing that we could do also, we have railroad spikes. We can that's something that we Jim, can send them with instructions yeah. on how to bless them because you if you bless them with your alcohol they're going to be more powerful than if we bless them with ours
0: yeah this is that's an old school well, thing jimmy jackson old Appalachian thing uh so uh iron repels spirits that's why in the in a lot of the old cemeteries you see the old iron gates and all that stuff because a spirit can't cross right. iron uh and railroad spikes are a great way man once you get that thing out of there don't do it while it's still there oh no because it. then it's stuck then it's in prison yeah, get get okay. it out of there, and uh, man, once it's gone and once that car is gone, we'll get you get you some instructions on the railroad spikes, and you put those, drive them in the ground around the outside of your building on the four cardinal directions, and uh, there's a couple other things there we'll talk about, uh, right. you know, in per, in person separate from this, and uh, that'll give you give you some protection, keep it from crossing back in.
2: Right, and um, and you can also use obsidian and black tourmaline um crystals that protects uh both physically and spiritually psychically
0: little little gift back
2: yeah we can do that we will do the things
0: absolutely absolutely And for
1: yep anything to get it to get it to market shit off yeah (laughs) Yeah.
0: well we'll do everything we can to to help you man and and uh, honestly if there's people if there are people listening to this that have Experience, ideas, etc. Reach out to us as well. Mm-hmm. We'll pass that stuff along. Listen, there's there's a million a million roads to Rome, one way or the other. Oh, yeah. And not everything we right, say so. here is something that somebody else is going to agree with. It's just things that have worked for us, one way or the other. Right. So. and I hopefully you right. found that found that somewhat helpful, anyways, Jimmy Jacks.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. It, I mean, right now I'm pretty much pretty much at peace with it being there. You know, it hasn't hasn't really physically. Mess with me, mm-hmm. you know, and you can, obviously we we've seen different pictures of that 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 you know, Gary and her that Kira's taken, and and uh, it's messed with the the girl upstairs that quit. Um, but it hasn't really like physically harmed me since since broke my leg, but.
2: It probably said th- it probably said this this guy he came to work with a broken freaking leg. I'm not fucking with him anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> seemed like pit- break, but- seemed like fucking with his radio pissed him off more than breaking his leg did. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and for yeah, it, uh, no, it hasn't. I haven't really had any any issues since since uh, here and them were down in August, and then like I said just the other day when that garage door lifted up, that's. That's yeah. when it got a little, it got a little weird.
0: Yeah, yeah. And like, again, these are these are things that require some real physical energy. Yeah. To, uh, to be dealing it, with what, what you're I'm doing. Under,
1: what, what I'm not understanding is, if is, is, it's still stuck in the building, in the distillery, and that car's miles away from that building, there's got to be another one, which basically what jimmy was saying he said there was two babies and two demons mm-hmm. um i don't know if you've seen the two demons eyes above that actual yes. face
3: mm-hmm. Absolutely. and
1: then there's your yeah. baby laying on the on the back on the like where your your where the backrest is at the, the front seat there's a baby laying there and then right above the baby's belly you can see the face of another baby looking forward mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm 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 wondering if if it might be one of them other other four uh so
2: here's an interesting thought um knowing doctors dc 1940s you see babies in the pictures
0: yeah
2: Uh, Right. what about what if this doctor was an abortion doctor it could be that and then because that during that time abortions were gruesome i mean they're gruesome anyway but more so yeah and women died the babies obviously died and something could have attached to that energy and that's going to be a whole different ball of wax yeah infanticide you know
0: yeah and and it very it very much could be something like that and you know some of the the physical actions that, that jimmy's experienced is leans towards poltergeist activity to begin with but i i there's something to me about this still leans more demons slash well that's what i'm saying is slash something even 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 the the babies in the car leans to me more like something trying to right trying to get sympathy trying to get that attention and i i think it i do think i agree with jimmy jackson i think it's more than one and I think that again, there's a human presence that these things are attached to, right? And and one of them or more is stuck outside the car. And wherever that and wherever that human presence goes, that's we where these region. things want to be at. We are legion. Right. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. So yeah, the, the,
1: yeah that, I'm, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. sending you a picture right now, Alan, of uh, the, the morning right after all that deal went down my radio that's when I was building the bar it, you, that was February 1st when that happened
0: yep yep man did you get Yep, I got gotcha. you man I whew, that that leg thing though brother wow <laughs> uh. yeah <laughs> You, you just want to see it, don't you? No, no, I don't. No, I do not. I do not at all. Not in any way, shape, or form whatsoever. He has
2: not been drinking this evening. That will not end well. Yeah, it
0: won't go, it won't go well. It won't go well. I was I was hungover. I'll tell you tell you a hungover story real quick, Jimmy, that you'll laugh at. So uh I was super hungover one morning a couple weeks ago, and uh our daughter Penny, I don't know why, I don't know where it came from. But she's create she's got this obsession with sharks, okay? Now she does not like horror movies. Horror movies scare the absolute piss out of her. And you know, I don't watch real graphic ones around her and stuff like that. It could be mildly scary, like you know, even a kid's uh like goosebumps series or something, and she'll she'll, she'll freaking fret
2: over it. But she
0: will watch shark attack videos that are the most gruesome shit that you've ever seen in your life, right? and you know, I don't even have to see them like I'm laying in bed here one morning with a hangover and I hear from the living room something about how the shark attacked the girl and it just sheared the flesh from off of her thigh to where you could see the bone and in my brain because I can't turn my brain off because I'm hungover I'm going <laughs> the vomiting is about to begin right? I just can't I can't deal with it man I can't deal with it but uh, but yeah brother we'll um we'll 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 do we'll, we got some stuff we're gonna send you and some ideas we're gonna send you too but but one more thing i wanted to touch on before we we do get done with this whole ordeal here today uh right so we were talking about your distillery at the beginning tell us a little bit about the products that you make so that, that way people are listening you know spirits and spirits it's a crossover oh yeah so i'd, I'd love to know a little bit about the, the whiskey you're making what products you're gonna have and all that stuff and where people can find you and your products brother
1: well, I'm, I'm actually here at Dillsburg, Pennsylvania at the, the business called Jimmy Jack Shine Shack. Uh, I make a uh, traditional corn moonshine whiskey. Uh, I make a traditional neutral, uh, basically like white lightning. I make some blackberry. I make a pappy's peach, which is a hot seller. I make uh, snow cream, which is uh, Tracy and Mary Van Fleet's uh, recipe. I make... Um, watermelon which is rodney and margie uh their recipe which i'm paying them guys uh i'm paying them guys by the bottle every bottle i sell i send them two dollars on a bottle
3: that's awesome that's awesome um,
1: so uh, what else do i have going on we're working on getting the uh, uh the pickle back on the shelf root beer back on the shelf um actually working with uh tater uh from the master distiller show we're going to try to get a mountain dew out there on the shelf
0: he see, he seems like he seems like good people from what yeah, i can he's, tell yeah, he's,
1: he's real good people he's real good people yeah so uh um, yeah we're, we're slowly plucking away at him. It. we're it, it's it's a lot of work um you know a lot of work because i'm working on like four different buildings at one time so i got to still run over to another building work on that run over to another building work on that go over to another building and sell some booze and then come back so it's like it's kind of hard to make a schedule when you're trying to trying to do it all by yourself you know
0: yeah there ain't no but, rest for the wicked that's for sure that's i'm for sure.
1: killing you every one. so that's that's where i'm at but uh yeah we're cruising along, and, and hopefully we'll have every, everything open and going here in the next couple months
0: yeah. What What about a social media or a website? You got anything like that that people can check out?
1: Yep. Yep. I'm on uh, Facebook here, Jimmy Jaxx, J A X X X Shine Shack. Nice. Uh, and my personal is Jimmy Jaxx. So if you friend request me, you'll have to uh, actually message me first and let me know. I don't like to accept uh, friend requests without knowing it's somebody real and not a not a scammer. So it's, it's, it, I got a lot of people. I got a lot of people Prime request me and it's just like I, I hate I'd love to I'd love to confirm them but I just don't want to get myself in a situation where I get 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 uh scammed or what you, hacked or whatever they call it mm-hmm. so right. that's that's the only way I accept them
0: yeah yeah well I'll tell you what man um as this thing continues and and you kind of get some stuff figured out if you if you have any questions feel free to call me or get with Kim and, uh, listen, I would, I would love to get an update as it continues, you know, and, yeah. and hopefully it gets under control. Uh, you know, if you, if you get any more photos or anything like that or, or anything okay. whatsoever, you know, I'd love to cover it. So
2: absolutely. Like,
1: like, like I said, you guys are more welcome to fly out. I'll pick you up at Harrisburg international airport and you guys can <laughs> spend the night with like See, Jimmy jackson done
0: with <laughs> yeah, this shit. Jimmy yeah. Jackson said, come get this fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> this bring one. bring bring the ghost trap. Right. It would it right, would just it right, would literally look right. for me, it would look like that opening scene of Ghostbusters where they're all where they're in the library with the ghost. And they try to right. they try to come up with a plan get it Ray that was the plan <laughs> I, could,
1: I could just see you guys about 1 o'clock in the morning running out of that building and your tail's tucked between your legs
0: oh yeah <laughs> I'd, I'd, hell I wouldn't even try to get to the airplane I'd be I'd be running for the river being like if I swim far enough <laughs> that direction kid,
1: <laughs> well, I'm telling you what the day it shut my stereo off well, or my radio and my phone down I got the hell out of there oh, yeah. I mean it didn't take it didn't take much and I waited till my buddy got there and then we went back in and then nothing else happened since
0: you know, it's. I'll tell you a story, and I don't think Kim knows this one. I don't think I ever told you this. Um, so the very first episode of this we did, we did about the Bowman House, which was a haunted house that I worked on, uh, restoration. And We so,
2: had all kinds of technical glitches on that one.
0: Well, this one I know you don't know. So this this one was when I was working with the electricians, because neither of the electricians, because I worked with these guys to help put in the electric, because I needed a job and they needed the help. So neither of them were, you know, one of them believed in ghosts and stuff like that. The other one didn't believe in anything. And we're sitting there talking about it. And the other one that didn't believe in anything, ironically had one of those nice, DeWalt, big, heavy duty, yellow work radios that you can drop off a skyscraper, right? Right. And about the time we were sitting there eating chili one day, about the time he said something about not believing in ghosts or any of that stuff, it started flipping through radio stations. And he just stopped. I remember he had his spoon in his hand. He'd just taken a bite of chili, sitting on a bucket, he just stopped. And he looked at me and he goes, all right, then. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> yep. <laughs>
0: yep. That's so,
2: hilarious. So it, it
0: happens. And, it, you know, sometimes it's it's the little things that get you, you know, the little oh, yeah. things. That's the stuff that really See, fucks it, up.
2: The thing is, is the little things are not the things that get me. It's when they start mimicking things that yeah, fucks yeah, with yeah. me. We've got a m- thing on the property. And it, when it, it's like in, The early spring and the early fall, it likes to try and mimic Penny and scare the piss out of me. And I'll go running through the house, out the back door, hollering for my child because she sounds like she's hurt. And she's in the basement with him playing with copper. (laughs) So that's when I go down the driveway and I aggressively tell it to fuck all the way off.
0: (laughs) Right, right, right. All right, guys, we'll wrap this one up. And and Jimmy Jacks, thank you very much, brother.
1: Hey, no problem. Thank you, guys. All right, man,
0: you have a good one. Hey guys, Alan Bishop here, the alchemist of Indiana's Black Forest, co-host of Distillers Talk, host of the One Piece of a Time Distilling Institute, and your host of If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Are you interested in the distillation of homemade spirits? We're not here to talk about the legality of that or any of the gray area. What we are here to talk about, however, is the fact that the next wave of craft distillers is made up of people like you. That's right, home distillers that are pushing the envelope with very unique recipes, very unique processes, and regionally appropriate spirits. So, if this is something that interests you, I've got something that I think you'll want to check out. My good friend Wayne Herbert at Ozark Steelworks. Wayne himself is a home distiller, and he's designed some very unique, very cool distillation process equipment it's all modular with tricloves etc and you can switch it out onto any kind of boiler that has a triclove or is triclove adaptable two unique pieces of equipment that wayne has already designed that i am in the process of reviewing for the one piece of the time distilling institute are first and foremost the appropriately named shocker This is an external coil deflamator, so as opposed to a shotgun-style deflamator, the coil on this is on the outside. It can be a 2-inch or a 3-inch model, and believe it or not, in the experiments we've already tried, even without packing or plates, you can reach proofs of 170 proof on a single-pass distillation. That's pretty damn impressive. It also looks steampunk as shit. The next piece of equipment that Wayne's already got on hand, and these are ready for sale, or they can be in short order, is what we're currently calling the Mr. Fusion, in a nod to Back to the Future. The Mr. Fusion is a pot still style head. It's not quite an onion shape, it's more of a diamond, it's a beautiful piece of equipment that you'll be seeing a lot on the One Piece at a Time Distilling Institute, the head itself is worthwhile for pot still distillation. But inside that head is also a small deflamator for either single pass distillation and or plated distillation and or just raising your proof in your purity. Listen, Wayne's got other stuff in the works too, including an inline, reloadable, bypassable, high efficiency, small scale thumper, unlike anything currently out there on the market. The other cool thing about Wayne is he is not afraid to answer your questions about distillation, and nor is he afraid to tackle a new project. If you have an idea for a piece of equipment that does not exist out there on the market, Wayne has the fabrication skills as well as the backup with my testing at the One Piece at a Time Distilling Institute to design whatever you might have in mind. If this interests you, then check out Ozark Stillworks on Facebook Or, drop Wayne a line at ozarkstillworks at gmail.com. Tell him that Alan Bishop sent you over. Hey, what's up? If you have ghosts, you have everything, fans. So, why do cemeteries have fences? Because people are dying to get in. All right. Lame humor aside, I'm giving you a little bonus segment here, just like I did on the last episode with Jared Leon Henry, a little cemetery uh, insight, if you will, Uh, maybe some haunted gravestone stuff. But today we have an article from cemetery insights and beyond dot wordpress dot com. And you've probably heard Kim and I talk about using iron to ward off bad spirits and or to keep them. Uh, put where you want them at so this falls right into that category wrought iron fences practical and otherworldly barriers while the question may seem funny to modern Americans during the colonial and Victorian eras such a question would be answered very seriously fences around cemeteries especially wrought iron fences served both practical and otherworldly purposes In terms of practicality, wrought iron fences were placed around a cemetery to prevent wild animals from entering the grounds and digging up recently buried human remains. The website Heritage Forensics points out that prior to the invention of cement vaults in the late 1800s, shallow graves made the odor of a decomposing corpse more noticeable, and that odor attracted predatory animals during the winter months when prey was scarce. Indeed, old graveyards smelled bad, and that was one reason why the living avoided visiting the dead in colonial times. Our colonial ancestors wanted to be assured that the remains of their loved ones would be well intact for their resurrection on Judgment Day, so they erected sturdy and gated wrought iron fences with spear-tipped bars. These intruder-proof barriers quickly became the best defense against unwanted visitors. In addition, graveyards were commonly located near... alongside of churches so if any of the burial sites were desecrated the problem could be easily spotted and tended to by the church sexton wrought iron fences were also placed around cemeteries to protect the living from the spirits of the dead people believed that the ghosts of their dead loved ones could follow them from the cemetery if preventative measures were not made iron was believed to contain the earth's life force and many cultures believe that it possessed magical properties. The website Life Force Network explains that iron was believed to ward off both benign and evil spirits, just as it was believed that spirits could not cross water, so it was believed that they could not move through or past iron. If you've ever seen an iron fence that has the upper portion of its bars pointed in towards the cemetery rather than away from the grounds, you can be assured it was constructed that way to ward off spirits. By the beginning of the Victorian era, belief in the supernatural was thriving, and wild animals still posed a threat to freshly buried corpses. Victorian Americans were as concerned with preserving the dead for Judgment Day as their colonial predecessors were. Unlike the colonials, the Victorians believed it was good etiquette to frequently visit the graves of their dearly departed loved ones. Unfortunately, the visit sometimes involved an unexpected sight. Many Victorian mourners visited the cemetery only to find that their loved one's grave had been dug up. However, wild animals were no longer the main threat to the grave site. By the mid-1800s, a new cemetery menace had emerged. As the thirst for medical knowledge increased in the 1800s, cadavers were in high demand for medical students, and this led to a rise in body snatching. Grave robbing was frequent in cemeteries, particularly for those located in cities near major medical schools. For a high enough price, grave robbers would go to any means necessary to find their way into a cemetery and dig up a new cadaver. As author Chris Woodyard points out in the Victorian Book of the Dead, grave robbers were the true ghouls of the Victorian era. Often referred to as resurrection men, grave robbers of the Victorian era were interested in stealing fresh corpses and selling them to medical schools for students to dissect. Corpses that were in a state of decay, were of no use. Resurrection men entered the Necropolis late at night and swiftly unearthed the most recent burials. Their deeds often went unnoticed until daybreak. Fences were not enough to keep out these sort of thieves. They were clever at finding a way into the cemeteries after dark. In response to the growing problem, many cemeteries hired night watchmen to patrol the grounds. There were instances when the Resurrection men bribed the watchmen in order to steal a body, but most often... The watchmen did their best to fend off devious intruders. Even on stormy nights, watchmen patrolled the cemeteries and kept careful vigil over the grounds. Many of them carried weapons and were accompanied by guard dogs. The job was not one for those with weak nerves. In fact, it was an occupation with a high turnover rate for that reason. An 1883 article from the Philadelphia Times reports that, aside from withstanding all sorts of bad weather and fending off thieves, Watchmen were often inflicted with a mental condition characterized by a state of melancholia. This condition was known as Tombstone Madness. Combine imagination with fear and lack of sleep, and you have the perfect psychological recipe for making spectral figures rise out of headstones in the dark. In the middle of the night, even the most serene necropolis can become terrifying. Inanimate objects begin to take on a life of their own, ...as the rising moon drags the shadows of trees and headstones across the ground. Whether or not tombstone madness was psychologically induced or a true psychic phenomenon remains debatable. One thing is certain. Many watchmen were driven to insanity by what they experienced on quiet nights in the cemetery. It's of little wonder that the profession died off by the end of the 19th century. hey guys this is alan bishop over at distillers talk and the one piece of the time distilling institute on youtube are you interested in learning or expanding upon the ancient art of distilling whether it's for spirits essential oil or tinctures our friends over at 13 stills have you covered with hand-built copper stills made to last jason at 13 stills has the setups you need to produce high quality product from 2 gallons to 200 gallons are ready-to-roll Prohibition sets, complete with tricloves and thump barrels with fruit ports. Give 13 Stills a call today at 1-502-424-5283. Tell them that Alan Bishop sent you on over.